Hi, thanks for joining us today. You know, we live in very interesting times. One thing that's interesting about it is that we're having a global conversation. In other words, everyone everywhere is talking about the same thing at the same time. Of course, they're talking about the coronavirus. I can hardly imagine anyone over the age of six who hasn't talked a lot about the coronavirus. Although it seems like it's been going on forever, it's only been around for a couple of months. It feels all-consuming, but it's going to end. I'm looking forward to that. And it will fade. In the end, the coronavirus will just be a blip on the pages of history. There's another global conversation going on. This one has been gaining momentum for over 2,000 years. This is the conversation that Jesus started during his lifetime on earth. And this conversation is way more than a blip on the pages of history. This conversation is what history is all about. Over the past couple of months, we have been looking at how Jesus initiated and launched this conversation by looking at some of his conversations with people in the Gospel of John. Of course, the Gospel of John ended with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But that didn't end the conversation. In fact, with the ascension of Jesus, the conversation just really took off. And so we want to take a look at that, of where the conversation headed. Let's just remind ourselves first that the conversation continues. Take a look with me at Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Acts was written by Dr. Luke to a fellow named Theophilus. And this is what Luke, Luke writes in the first verse of his book. In my former book, and he's talking there about the Gospel of Luke, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. So, if the Gospel of Luke is about all that Jesus began to do and to teach, what does that mean the book of Acts is about? That's right. The book of Acts is about all that Jesus continued to do and to teach. In other words, the conversation that Jesus started during his lifetime continued through the book of Acts. Well, how did he do that? How does that work? Well, Jesus continued that conversation through his spiritual body, the Spirit-filled church. And guess what? That church is made up of you and me. In other words, Jesus continues his mission. He continues to act and to speak. He continues the conversation through us. That is an amazing reality. I know that if you're a Christ follower, that Jesus not only has invited you to enter into an eternal conversation with him, but he also wants to invite other people into this conversation through you. So the conversation continues. But not only does it continue, this conversation is intended for, it's meant for everyone. And Jesus says this just a few moments later in verse 8 of Acts 1. Before he ascends back to his father, Jesus is going to tell his disciples where this conversation is headed. And he's going to tell them that it's going global. Look what he says in Acts 1, 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. In other words, this conversation is a work that the Spirit does. And you will be my witnesses. You're going to keep the conversation going. Where? Where are they going to keep the conversation going? 
in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This conversation is going to span the entire globe and go to every nation, every tribe, every tongue, to every person. And the book of Acts kind of tracks this conversation as it goes viral, first in Jerusalem. And we read that the very first followers of Jesus just couldn't stop talking about Jesus. They just continued the conversation all the time. This is what we read in Acts chapter 5, verse 42. Day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. They just continued that conversation constantly. They never stopped talking about Jesus. And as a result of that, we read things like this in the book of Acts. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. More and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. So, thousands of people put their faith in Jesus Christ in Jerusalem, but it didn't just stay there. Now, the Jewish leaders, uh, they were a bit jealous. They were disconcerted. They were angry that this whole conversation about Jesus was getting more likes on Facebook than they were. And so they began to make life really miserable for the followers of Jesus. And we read this. A great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. And so God used persecution to spread this conversation. But notice who this conversation is spread through. It's not spread through the big guns, the apostles, the paid professionals. It's your everyday average Christ follower who took the conversation wherever they went. It spilled out of Jerusalem into the neighboring regions and even began to cross cultural boundaries. But even after all that, we're still just talking about a very small piece of land. You can hardly even find it or see it on this globe. Judea and Samaria, that's still smaller than the state of Indiana. But it's not gonna stay that way. This gospel is going to continue to spread. This conversation about Jesus will reach every part of the Roman Empire. Within the next 30 years, by the time the book of Acts is over, this conversation has spread so that, the, uh, that Luke can report this. All the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. That is amazing. And of course, at the end of the book of Acts, we find the Apostle Paul under house arrest in Rome. And guess what he's doing? Yeah, I'll bet you guessed it. He's continuing the conversation. I read you the first verse of the book of Acts. Here is the last verse of the book of Acts. He, that's Paul, proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. You see, there is no place that this conversation can't go or doesn't go, and there is no person this conversation can't reach. It can even reach Roman prison guards. The book of Acts doesn't really end. And the reason why it doesn't really end is because this conversation has continued over time and over space, over the entire globe to this day. 
In fact, today we have global teammates who are continuing that conversation with different people groups in different parts of the world. And let's hear from some of them about how this conversation continues and how it's reaching all kinds of people. Hey, one on the lake, this is Joellen, and yeah, I'm a global teammate in Germany, and I serve with refugees. And so I heard you guys were just talking about um, how the gospel, this conversation that started 2,000 years ago, um, when Jesus sent us to the world, to different parts of the world, uh, how is that still happening today? And that's a great question, specifically during this COVID-19 time. And the short answer is like, God is still working, God's still on the throne. Um, a family that we have been pursuing um, for technically years, uh, they recently seemed really open to just hearing more about the Bible, about Jesus, who is this? Um, this is an Arab family. And so these are really rare things, like this doesn't happen as much. And so then Corona hit and we don't have this contact, but, um, God put it on my heart definitely during this time that, of course, I can't physically meet with people, but I can call people and to check in and just be peace and comfort and, you know, ask questions. And so during this time of Corona, I was able to call this family. Well, it turns out this woman, the wife, had a dream and she had a dream. Um, and the man in the dream approached her and just said, get up and read the book of Luke. And so these conversations still happen. God is still working. Um, right now, we're trying to pursue this conversation more and say, hey, you know, let's read Luke together. You know, you read a chapter and I'll read a chapter. Let's then talk about it. Um, or even obviously, yeah, Zoom calls are a thing too. So yeah, these are just some conversations. But I think for us as believers, like that we need to be intentional um, to reach out to people because maybe God's really working on their heart, but they need someone to come in and... Um, yeah, address what God's doing. So a lot of times we like to be quiet as people, but that we come in as Christians and, and we get behind whatever God's working on in their hearts. Hi, we're Roy and Holly Angle, and we're in Dublin, Ireland. And like many of you, we're under uh, restrictions with regard to uh, engaging other people and going outside and uh, doing our normal lives. So uh, what we've been trying to do is make adjustments in terms of our uh, lives as a family and... Uh, our ministry. So that means that we're um, going online with a lot of things. We've made some switches with our meetup groups. Uh, Socrates Cafe now meets online. Uh, TED Talks now meets online. Book Club still meets online. So everything basically is done by Zoom and uh, Skype and Meetup. And uh, so far that transition is, um, is going very well. And I'm keeping track of friends and teachers through um, social media and also through Zoom and um, online as well. And it's a bit of a change, but it's a good way to do it. Hi to the Ron Lake Church family. It's Tom Barlow in Birmingham, England. This COVID-19 situation is unique for all of us, isn't it? The things that we have to work through, think about, which we've never had to before. But it's cool to see that the gospel is not limited. In fact, we're finding people here in Britain who are much more willing to talk about some subjects that have been taboo for years and years. 
This unique time in history has given us amazing opportunities to reach out to our neighborhood, to talk to neighbors who have never engaged us in conversation, to deliver food parcels to those who have been totally cut off from their normal support network, to engage in a partnership with New Starts, a local charity run by Christians that has that very goal of trying to reach out to those who just don't have the basics to live on and doing it all in the name of Jesus. So it's been incredible for us to see how the conversation has not only continued for the gospel, but we've been able to go farther than ever before. Pray for us as we pray for you that each of us would be able to seize the opportunities to be a living and verbal witness for Jesus. My name is Jim Hawking and I work for Water for Good in the Central African Republic. And we've been very pleased about how we're able to continue to portray the Lord Jesus Christ in the way that we love on people in the Central African Republic. We are currently doing radio station broadcasts every morning. Um, Eddie Mensinger is one of our speakers. He has a 15-minute um, devotional every morning and we really are happy about that. We also have Christian music all day long and then we have weather updates and other information and we do now have quite a bit on the COVID-19 crisis trying to help the people protect themselves because it's probably going to get worse in the Central African Republic. We also have our teams going out right now, so be praying for our teams as they travel, as they continue to keep over 880,000 people in fresh water, which is very important in this time when we actually have COVID-19 um, starting to pick up more momentum there in the Central African Republic. We want to be able to help them understand how to protect themselves. And because you help us in supporting that, we're able to do that on a regular basis. And we're able to converse with a lot of those people on a regular basis because they call in with questions of, about their faith and about what they can do to protect themselves. We're now working also with the Pygmies. A man by the name of Bernadan is doing transmissions in the Aqua Pygmy language, trying to help them understand how to protect themselves explaining to them it's probably safer for them to go in the forest and not be out in the villages in the public places. This is hard for them to understand because it's opposite of what they're doing, but thank you for praying for us as we try and help the people understand that our God loves them. Hello friends. In case you didn't recognize me, this is my lockdown look. We are Dave and Susie Hogart serving in Paris-le-Monial, France. We're now in our sixth week of lockdown, only going out for necessities. And since this is a unique time, we have unique ways to reach people. We try to take opportunities to share our faith with others and friends and contacts by phone, text messages, email, and also Facebook. Thank you so much for those of you who have prayed for Timothy, uh, one of the young dads in our church who was very sick with coronavirus, and at one point they really didn't think he would make it. Um, he's still in the hospital, but he's doing well now. Day by day, he's gaining strength, and um, he and his wife, Leticia, are, um, have been able to witness to some of the nurses talking over the phone, of course, because she can't go in to see him. 
uh, but she's had some really excellent opportunities to share what keeps her going and how she has faith in a really, really difficult time. One of the neat things that we've been enjoying is a Sunday uh, worship service with our Leon churches who have invited us to join them for their their Sunday service since they can't be meeting. And so all of our church people have been going on their site and um, we've offered this, we've suggested this to some of our non-Christian friends who have been uh, in conversation with us for the last few years. And two of the ladies in our English Bible reading class have told us that with their husbands, They've been watching the church service with the Leon Church. These are people who probably would not have attended our church in person, but who are watching the church service online. And um, we're excited to get a chance to have conversations with them about their impressions. And we're praying that we will have the joy of seeing them come to know the Lord through this. For people who we see uh, are warming up uh, to us and possibly to the gospel, we also have 20 different podcasts that we can send out to people, uh, seekers uh, trying to answer their questions. And then this week, uh, we also are trying to have people come out to a webinar, which is on the uh, coronavirus, and it's, is God to blame for this? So we hope that some people will come out for that. So thank you very much for praying. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, that was great hearing from some of our global teammates about how the conversation continues where they're at, even during these days of the coronavirus. Now, I'm interested in thinking about how this conversation is spreading around the whole globe to all nations. According to the Joshua Project website, there are still 7,410 unreached people groups. An unreached people group is a defined ethnic group that has less than 2% evangelical Christians and has no real history of Christianity. That's a pretty big number, but what does that mean in terms of the whole world's population? Well, that 7,410 unreached people groups is about 42% of the world population. And that number is 3,188,033,000 people. That's the number of people who have yet to be reached with this conversation. Many of them don't even have access to this conversation. And I believe that tomorrow happens, God gives us another day so that this conversation about Jesus can reach some of these people. You know, we're putting a lot of urgency and commitment into finding a vaccine for the coronavirus. Billions of dollars are being poured into that. Doctors and researchers and scientists, they're just, they're just working overtime with huge commitment trying to find a vaccine. And I'm glad, aren't you? Go! Uh, get it done. That's wonderful. And yet I believe that we as Christ followers need to have the same kind of urgency and commitment to this conversation about Jesus going to every ethnic group, reaching the entire globe, all the nations. I'm convinced that we as believers are all called to this. The only questions are where and how. Where and how? doesn't matter if you're a business person or if you're in education 
or you're a salesperson, a stay-at-home mom, a retiree, a student, uh, providing services, uh, whatever your vocation, as a believer, we are called to take our, our interests, our abilities, our personality, our gifts, and uh, contribute to this overarching goal of reaching the nations with this conversation about Jesus. Now, I'll bet some of you are wondering, mm, I'm not exactly sure what you mean by the conversation. I think I know what you mean, but I'm not sure. Well, of course, this conversation has everything to do with Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Even Christ's conversation in the book of John really were about himself. In fact, if you boil down all of those conversations, they always came to these two questions. Who is Jesus? And what is the right, the reasonable, the appropriate response to that truth, that reality? We see those two questions come out clearly in the very first message that was preached after Christ's ascension. This was on Pentecost. And this is the Apostle Peter, the same guy we talked about last Sunday, who had denied Jesus but was forgiven. And Jesus commissioned him to love Jesus and to feed his sheep. And Peter stands up on the day of Pentecost before a huge crowd and preaches a powerful sermon. Of course, now he has been filled with the Holy Spirit. And he says this at the close of his sermon. This is Acts 2, verse 36. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And so Peter is very clear about the identity of Jesus who Jesus is. He is God and he is the king you've been waiting for. He's the one who will eternally establish a kingdom of peace, righteousness, and justice. So he's clear on who Jesus is. And then the people respond by asking the right question. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And so they were asking a good question. How should we respond to all of this? What should our response be? Peter gives them an answer. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Peter says, Turn from your old life that is dominated and defined by sin, and put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ as God and as King. Submit yourself fully to him and you will be forgiven of your sins and you'll receive the Holy Spirit. Of course, uh, remember what the Holy Spirit was given to empower us to do. Yeah, to invite other people into this conversation. And of course, on that day, 3,000 people were added to the church. Maybe you're still asking, what exactly is this conversation? Some of you are saying, I know, I know. He's talking about the gospel of grace, and you would be right. But it's even more than that. Some of you are saying, wait a minute, I think he's talking about the message of forgiveness of sins through faith in Jesus. And you would be right, but it's even more than that. This conversation is all about Jesus, who he is, all that he is, all that he said, all that he did, what it means to have a relationship with him, um, what difference he makes in our lives, how he has changed our lives. This conversation is about the greatness of who Jesus is. 
you know, over the last six weeks since my mother passed away, I've talked a lot about her. I've told a lot of people about what a wonderful mother she was and what a huge impact she had on my life. Had no problem doing that. But you know what? As great as my mom was, she wasn't Jesus Christ. Jesus is infinitely greater and he's called us to know him in his greatness and to tell others about his greatness. Where are you at in this conversation about Christ's greatness? John Piper famously wrote, you cannot commend what you don't cherish. Others have said it this way, you can't pass on what you don't possess. In other words, it's very hard to talk about the greatness of Jesus when you haven't personally experienced the greatness of Jesus. The conversation about Jesus flows out of a personal experience of relationship and conversation with Jesus. One of the great things about Jesus is that he wants a conversation with us and he paid the ultimate price in order to make that conversation possible. And it's out of a deepening, growing, maturing conversation with him that we can talk about the greatness of who Jesus is. Have you started that conversation? Do you know the person who is the object of that conversation? You can know him today. You can start that conversation today. It's just like Peter said, it's still true today. If we turn from our sin and we trust Jesus and we submit our lives to him, our sins are forgiven. We receive the Holy Spirit and the conversation just accelerates from there. Maybe you started the conversation but you've dropped it. It's gone silent. Well, I encourage you to pick it up. And I know it's hard when there's been silence. The, the more silence there is, the greater the obstacle to overcome, to, to restart that conversation. But you know what? As insurmountable as that obstacle might feel to you, Jesus hasn't changed. He still wants that conversation with you. And so I implore you to, to pick up that conversation, to re-engage in that conversation with Jesus. It'll make all the difference in your life. And as you experience his goodness, his grace, his love, his greatness, then you'll be able to invite others into that conversation as well. If you're in that conversation with Jesus, then I know that he does want you to invite others to join in on that conversation. But remember, it is a conversation and not a presentation. And so that means it has to be done in the context of relationship. We need, we need to um, build the foundation of credibility by caring about people, being interested in them, asking questions, listening, demonstrating the love of Christ to people. Of course, during these days of the coronavirus, there are lots of opportunities for demonstrating the love of Christ. Next Sunday, we're going to be talking about engaging our neighbors. And we'll talk about a lot of uh, tangible, concrete ways to do that. We, we can do that. But of course, out of that demonstration of love then flows a desire to share the greatness, the source really, of that love, the greatness of Jesus Christ. A great place to start is the home, the family. And of course, we're spending a lot of time with family these days. But within the family is a wonderful place to have that conversation and to practice that conversation, to talk to each other about the greatness of who Jesus is and what he's done for us and 
what he means to us and how he has changed our lives. It, it begins there. I encourage you even after this service at home where you're at to have a discussion, to talk with each other about these things, who Jesus is and, and what an appropriate response to him is with our lives. Talk about his greatness with each other. But you know, just like uh, this conversation spilled out of Jerusalem into the surrounding areas of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, then our conversation about the greatness of who Jesus is needs to spill out of our homes and our families to our neighbors and our friends and our co-workers. The global mission of the church begins with our neighbors. Who's that person that you can think of that God has brought across your path that you know he wants you to invite into that conversation. He wants you to share the greatness of who Jesus is with that person. Who's that? Who is that? Take a moment and think who that is. And then let's take a couple moments and, and pray silently for that person. And maybe that person's you. And you want to take this moment to begin that conversation with Jesus about his greatness. Let's take a couple moments and pray. Father, I thank you so much that you loved us enough to send your son into the world to die on the cross for our sins so that through faith in him, we could be reconciled to you and begin the best conversation ever to grow in the knowledge of the greatness of your son, Jesus Christ. There's nothing better than that. And I pray that you would give all of us a greater desire uh, to pursue that conversation with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and that we would delight so much in your son, Jesus Christ, that we couldn't help but share the greatness of Jesus with others and to invite them into this conversation. I just thank you, Father, and I pray that this conversation of the greatness of Jesus would spread to every nation, tribe, and tongue, and that you would help each one of us to know where and how we are to be a part of that. And I pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.